1: We're on a podcast. Oh, I thought you were talking to our guest. We have a guest. Hi. Don't speak unless
2: spoken to.
0: (laughs) Very strict rules. I was ready. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Today we have Ray. Hi. Hi. That we met one night out in Athens, that infamous infamous night. Was it Church Park? Yeah, that night. Just the fact that Casey is hazy on
1: the details <laughs> says yeah. it all. That was, I don't need no man wasted. No yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I remember that. I mean, I remember hearing about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't, I do remember meeting you. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it took some <laughs> reminding.
0: And she just told me an interesting story about that. What did I do? No, no, no. Ray was just telling me an interesting story oh, about... That night? About that about her being there, what happened?
3: Um, so Farah, who's in the group, yeah, um, I ran into her downtown. It was like a rare occurrence that I was in Athens and actually feeling like not going to bed by 9 p.m. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't remember where we were, but I was standing outside and she was like, Ray how's it going and I was like cool and she was talking to me about um, mortuary school because I think I had just started Yeah. If, if I had it wasn't very long before but um, and she was like hey there's people doing a podcast about death and you do death and I was <laughs> like uh, do I? <laughs> you do death. Um, and she was like they're going to be at church bar in some amount of time and then it was I think it was the night of the launch party at yeah. Go Bar okay, okay. and I was like I don't know if I have enough like <laughs> mental energy left to go to Go Bar, but mm-hmm. like I'll be at church bar and mm-hmm. however long it was. And then um so we meandered over there and um Pharaoh was there again. I was like, how did you know? she They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love her. She's she's great. Everywhere. Yeah. Um and she was like, Hey, these are the people doing the podcast. And I was like
0: I'm so tired. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> but it's That's funny because I thought that Ray was just there mm-hmm. out that night, and I didn't know that Farah, the,
1: <laughs> the Farah, fate had mm-hmm. Farah is like the best street <laughs> team for any of her friends.
0: Yeah, she's <laughs> looking out for you. Yeah,
1: for That's sure. So
0: cool. I remember you telling us that night that you had a lot of death anxiety. Am I getting that information yeah. correct? Yeah, I used to. Yeah, when I was a kid. Okay. I- do you know where that stems from, or well, what I haven't written. Down. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um,
3: so I was raised Jewish. Okay, and I still am Jewish, but it was it was a big part of my upbringing. And um, my mom's parents were immigrants from Poland, where um, my grandfather was born in 1909, and my grandmother was born in 1910. Mm-hmm. So I came along late,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, but they were escaping pogroms. In Poland, and a lot of uh, my mom's other family had, like, survived the Holocaust Mm -hmm. or not survived. I think we have one surviving that made it through the Holocaust. And um, so we were very, like, open and aware of death all the time, which then I was kind of like, what does this mean? Like, because, you know, we would talk about it, and being an only child, um, my parents like they're always like well if something happens to you here's where you're gonna live you know like here's where the accounts are here's what money is mm-hmm. you know here's power of attorney with rights of survivorship like yeah
1: like <laughs> handling their shit yeah, yeah. And i was like 10 mm-hmm.
3: maybe and my mom like she would tell me stories about stuff like probably when i was too young to hear it so i was like always really aware of it mm-hmm. and i remember one day i asked her i was like mom where do we go after we die and i was expecting you know because like being raised jewish and like the bible Mm bell like i heard a lot of stories from other people about you know like heaven and hell and like purgatory and like all this other stuff and her answer i was so mad at her for her answer but it like i've come to appreciate it later um i don't know but i'll find out when i get there and i was like i like that though yeah (laughs) now i'm like cool because she didn't lie to me she didn't try to like you know make it more accessible for me she was just like here it is bam yeah but a fantasy is comfortable when you're a kid (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. um and so i was like mom that's not helpful (laughs) (laughs) you know so like but in judaism like i'd heard about the concept of sheol Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but it's a black pit Mm. devoid of everything wow um again not helpful (laughs) um you know because like i hear all my christian friends growing up they're talking about heaven and like their steadfast belief system and i was like why don't i get that yeah i was mad yeah so um you know that led to me as a kid like lying in bed Mm -hmm. and at midnight trying to imagine non-existence yeah and that's a panic
2: attack yeah Yeah.
3: (laughs) um and so, that just kind of, like, harbored because, you know, like, this anxiety about it because all my friends were like, yeah, I'll go to heaven. I was like, but I'm Jewish. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, because, like, I would ask people, I was like, if I'm Jewish and I'm not saved, you know, whatever, like, am I still going to go? And they're like, nah, dude. And I'm like, what? Oh, God. I, yeah. I hate
1: that mentality. Yeah. But yeah.
3: And I mean, I was, and, like, I didn't have, you know, because I was aware of other religions that had other ideas and, like, reincarnation, that kind of stuff, but, like... My mom just, I don't know, I'll find out when I get there. I'm like, that, no. (laughs) Yeah, no. But, I mean, then that kind of, like, non-answer, or, like, all the different confusing answers that I got, it kind of, like, made me more interested. Yeah. And my dad has a PhD in chemistry, and he worked for the EPA. And I remember one time he told me about, was it theoretical inorganic water chemistry okay um so is what he did uh-huh question mark don't know what that <laughs> means <laughs> Um, I know he worked with nanoparticles, and he was the U.S. ambassador at a world convention in Italy. Wow, that's awesome. I don't know (laughs) what he did. He's, like, too smart for me. (laughs) Um, So, but he was, we were traveling all the time for conferences, and they would take me to, like, natural history museums, and he was super into, like, um, fossils and minerals, and, like, he still is. Like, his Mm -hmm. collection of these things is, like, museum quality. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we would go to the natural history museums and I would get to see skeletons and like I remember one time I think we were in San Francisco and there was um, like this event thing. I don't know. It was like a guy standing Mm -hmm. at a display or like an exhibit. I don't remember. Um, But he was holding a pig heart and he was like, do you want to hold it? And I was like, um yes and like there's always like other kids are like ew that's disgusting i was like give me (laughs) it and um so i've always been super interested in like anatomy and bones and like how different animals are suited to their ecological niches Mm -hmm. and like all this other kind of stuff so um it kind of came to the point where whenever there was like roadkill in our neighborhood i would drag my dad (sighs) by the hand with like plastic gloves and a ziploc bag and i was like we gotta go get it
1: it sounds like Marla.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and we would go get it, and I would carefully and, like, reverently put it in this bag. And then I would get, like, a scrap of, like, you know, dish rag or whatever. Yeah. And then I would drag him to the backyard where we buried our family dogs. And I would make him watch as I performed, like, funeral rites. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, my parents, they were always like, where did you get all this stuff from? Yeah. And I was like, but, I mean, there was something, like... So captivating about being so repulsed and mm-hmm. like terrified of something, but mm-hmm. so like into it. Yeah, I
1: was about to say your story when you started telling it. I was like, <laughs> knowing where it was gonna go or hoping where it was gonna go. It's like you could have very the story could have very easily become, oh, she's a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. so I, mean, I get the roadkill and I'd yeah,
3: dissect it. <laughs> no, I mean like. And, and my parents were just very, like, patient but confused. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, how, how do you react to that? I mean,
3: I think they were just... I don't know they always like the thing they taught me about judaism was like question everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i was always like where do we go after we die why do we do funerals like mm-hmm. what is a soul you know and they're just like yeah. i don't know but then i would ask a question like why is the sky blue and my dad would be like
1: on it He's <laughs> like, i know exactly i can tell you um but yeah, i think I'm, there's a very big difference between concrete and abstract and yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
3: but like both of my parents my mom almost got her phd i think she like rage quit <laughs> like right before it was done and i was like mom you're so close why? (laughs) yeah but I mean so they're both like very kind of cerebral people Mm -hmm. so me being kind of just like abstract and curious and like a mess they're like you do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I have this really distinct memory also one time um I don't know why but my parents had a domino set Mm -hmm. they never played dominoes I don't know where we got it I don't I still have it um and I remember I was like these are building blocks Mm-hmm. these are not you don't play a game with these mm-hmm. I don't know what this is and so um I constructed like a cemetery out of dominoes my mom walked in and she was like what are you doing <laughs> are you okay and I was like I'm
1: fine yeah I'm fine. <laughs> so when you decided to go into mortuary science were they like oh okay no this makes sense. <laughs> oh sense. No. Really? no I was um
3: halfway through my art history degree at UGA oh well um okay and we were on a road trip and I was like I love art history, but I hate art history because it's like I love history. And one of the things that I came to cherish about art history was how different artists dealt with their mortality through mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. And um, my senior exit thesis paper, you know, the big one mm-hmm. they make you write. I don't know what it's called, um, was on the connections between sexuality and death in surrealist oh, wow. art. Talking about like the Marquee de Saad and like Hans Bellmer and things like that. Um, well, she'll be back for- <laughs> <laughs> um and it was it was super dark but um like i love art history and i love going to art museums and i love like tattoos and like you know like abstract art and photography and like i do photography and i write and stuff like that um but the idea of having to teach it to a lot of people kids people that are my age um <laughs> people that just like don't care really yeah. and then also having to do like museum work i was like I can't stand to just like I want to just stand in front of a painting Mm. or a photograph and just look at it and feel it because that's what art history is to me is like learning the language Mm. that artists use to convey their feelings through Mm -hmm. art and not like standing in front of the biggest projector screen I've ever seen and being like and this is where the foreground meets the background (laughs) and this is you know like I can't do that Mm -hmm. yeah um so anyways I'm a sophomore year um, I think Ash and I had just recently met, <laughs> um, and we we're driving somewhere. I think we we're on a road trip. I probably said that five times by now. Um, <laughs> and I was looking, I was like, I can't do this. Because I'd been thinking about going to grad school, and I read somewhere that the average time it takes to get a PhD in art history, which is what you need if you want to work in art mm-hmm. history, like realistically, um, they said it took nine years. Yeah. And I'm like 20 and it was like 9 years. So yeah. I was like that's a long that's a lot and of commitment a lot of money. Yeah, I was like that's a lot of commitment to ask of someone that's like I don't 20? even 20. Like I've yeah. never paid a mortgage yet yeah. and you're asking me to devote 9 years of my yeah. life to something, you know, like so I was like when I was 12, I decided that I wanted to be an embalmer because I read a book about it. Hmm. Um and I guess backtracking a little bit. Um you know, like, people don't like to talk about death. And then I found this book, and I don't remember what it is. Um, but the way they talked about death and, like, the way that people react to being able to see their loved one last time, it was just, like, super cathartic and, like, devastating and mm-hmm. raw. And I was like, this is what I've been looking for. Like, this is my answer, you know, to, like you know not necessarily like what comes after death but it was just kind of like really letting just like this visceral outpouring Mm -hmm. of like hurt and like you know memories and like all this like all the complicated stuff you can feel Mm -hmm. and so i decided that's what i wanted to do fast forward i'm 20 i'm doing art history and i don't want to do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you know there's no aptitude test that's going to tell a 15 year old that like you should work with dead people yeah like no one wants to tell a kid that and like whenever i was like 12 and I would tell people like yeah I want to be an embalmer people be like are you okay (laughs) and I was like probably not um are any of us really okay (laughs) no no um but we were in the car and I was thinking I was like I can't stand this I can't picture myself being an art historian and I was like scrolling through articles and I was like what does it take to be an embalmer (laughs) because I was just like at that point I was like I can't
1: done yeah and um is it nine years (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: um and then i was like it's an associate's degree and there's a school indicator i was like that i can do yeah um because i figured you know i looked at like the average salary which doesn't necessarily reflect like the salary you're actually going to make or if you're going to get a salary you know um but i was (laughs) like i can do a year and a half and if i hate it then at least i can support myself yeah and that's not nine years of blood, sweat, and
0: tears that I'm just like, you know. I don't know what's at the end of that rainbow. Yeah. yeah. If it's even a rainbow.
1: Yeah. You
3: know. A lot of <laughs> no. dense theory and yeah. philosophy. And I was just not. My brain was not built for it.
1: Yeah. And those jobs are so hard to come by. Yeah. Like, yeah. curator positions. Yeah.
3: Like, I even did a study abroad in Italy. And our art history instructor that was there, like, I told her about it. Because at that point, I'd made this decision. Um, and she was like, do you want money like do you like do you want to have a stable position not that funeral directors and embalmers make a crap load of money but like she's like do you want stability or do you want to bust your ass for years and years and years and then finally find like the brass ring i don't know you know like the the magical position and i was like I want stability mm. and she was like then don't do art history and I was like all right no you know cool things." I mean taking cool of
0: her to push mm-hmm. you in that yeah I mean you know to be honest with you about what it was gonna be yeah, yeah. instead of selling you a dream yeah. yeah yeah
3: but I mean so I told my parents and I was like what if I did this and they're like no <laughs> and I was like but you haven't seen me going in this direction for a while and they're like no they're like, but we just put you through UGA. And I'm yeah. like, sorry.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, no, thank you.
1: I yeah. learned a lot. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, so I finished my art history degree, and then I promptly moved okay. to go to mortuary school. Wow. Okay. So when did you graduate? Hmm? When did you graduate from UGA? Um, I graduated in May of 2017.
1: Okay. So Recent. fairly recently. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and then in
0: September, I graduated from
3: mortuary school. That's awesome. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. wow. So, you're new to
1: the biz. Yeah. I mean, if you consider, you know, bearing roadkill. I <laughs> oh, I've been no. doing this <laughs> since i like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Old you, hat decades in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. So, oh, I had a question. No, I forgot what I, was <laughs> I could see it leave. It just <laughs> completely right. flecked out of my mind. Did you, I mean, were you about to go somewhere else? Sorry. What was the...
3: Um, I mean, I could talk about my dog. Your dog? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So, when I was a kid, it was... I remember in um, an email y'all sent me. It was like, what was your greatest loss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been privileged enough up to this point to not lose anyone that's super close to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had two surviving grandparents um, on my dad's side that both died. Uh, my grandmother was when I was 10, and then my grandfather was when I was 16, mm-hmm. but we weren't super close to them. They lived in Ohio. We live in Georgia. You know, we'd go up to visit once a mm-hmm. year and it was kind of like, they were both old. And so mm-hmm. I knew in my head, I was like, it's, it's not, they're not going to last forever. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
3: and so I've been, I've been lucky. Like I've, I have up to this point, you know, knock on wood, most like all of my family's doing well and they're all healthy. Um, but I was an only child and mm-hmm. we had a dog and well, we had, over the course of my childhood like four dogs but the one that was mine his name was Riley and people that are close to me are like stop talking about your dog (laughs) um but we got him when I was five and he was mostly feral when we got him and it was like a long process of Mm -hmm. him like warming up to us and um he died I think I was 21 maybe 22 like he was old yeah
1: what kind of dog mutt I don't know. Small, you know, big.
3: Maybe like 50 pounds. Okay. Mm. That's a long time for... Yeah. 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 And he'd been hit by a car as okay. a puppy. He lived on the street for six months. Oh. This dog had and, a will to live. Yeah. And yeah. he he could not be captured until he got hit by a car in front of a vet clinic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, he was determined. Um, Straight fate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like growing up, I didn't have any siblings, so the dogs are my siblings. Yeah. And we also had another dog named Winnie, but, like, she was never mine. On, like, yeah. a soul level. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know if this sounds, like, bad shit, but, like, Riley, for the longest time, is, like, my soulmate.
0: Mm-hmm. No, not, not like, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, not to us. Not to us. <laughs> We've had discussions very we're similar people. to this. Yes. But, yes.
3: um, he, like, I would talk to him. Mm-hmm. Like, without mm-hmm. words. We would just, like, communicate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, he wasn't one of those dogs, like, if you were crying, he would come, like, nuzzle up to you. He was like, get off of me. Mm-hmm. I need my personal space. But, um... Like, towards the end of his life, after I'd moved out, you know, and I was older. Because when I was younger, you know, I was, like, pulling on him and, like, annoying him. And, like, he's a street dog. Mm -hmm. He's like, what is this? (laughs) Um, But, like, when I got older and in college, you know, I was, like, I really appreciated him. And Mm -hmm. it got to the point where he'd had a few health scares. And we knew that he was on his way out. And we were pretty much doing doggy hospice Mm -hmm. over the course of, like, five years Mm -hmm. for the two dogs that we had. And um, I would go home and you know, he would walk up to the front door and kind of, like, assess anyone that was with me. And it was like meeting an older brother mm-hmm. that was like, are you going to be good to my person? That's so cute. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And he, like, I would sit down on his dog bed on the floor and, like, scratch his head, and he would get the stupidest, goofiest smile. <laughs> and, like, everyone that saw it was like, that's not a dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is that? And then um when he finally lost... The use of his back legs because he got hit by a car. Yeah. So when he got older, he finally got hip dysplasia and couldn't walk anywhere. Yeah. Spoiler, surprise, you know? Um, yeah. He wasn't able to do the stairs anymore and for the longest time I would come home and carry him up the stairs and I was the Mm. only person he would let lift him because I always asked permission first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so when it just got to be to the point where I couldn't carry him up the stairs anymore because I hadn't had spinal surgery yet and I had a fractured vertebrae and he was a 50 pound dog and he was heavy and he hurt. Um, I blew up the uh, air mattress downstairs and slept downstairs with him. And after that because my dad is also a very involved dog person, he went and slept on stairs oh, with that dog. Cute. Um, but you know, it, he was declining, and it was okay because he was almost sixteen. Like that's longer than most dogs. Godly, yeah.
2: Um,
3: and he like he was just grateful
2: mm-hmm.
3: for like every day, and he would still go on like two mile walks every day. And he had like m- like his hip joints weren't even wow. connected to his pelvis anymore. Wow. And then one day I got the call. I was walking with my friend in a cemetery. <laughs> okay. That was our thing that we did. You know, as soon as one of us could drive, we would just drive each other to a cemetery and mm-hmm. walk around. And she was back in town. She'd gone to uh, Georgia Tech. And we were walking in the cemetery. And I got the call from my mom. Because Riley had had this cough. And I was like, please just let it be allergies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Um, And she said, we did x-rays his lungs are 90 percent full of fluid he's dying like it's time like today is the day it's right now we have to do it now and i held it together until i got to the vet's office and um i walked in the back room because you know they had like when you're about to euthanize an animal they kind of like seclude you from Mm -hmm. everyone else Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I walked in. I saw my parents first and I hugged them. And my mom was like, I don't think you've ever hugged me like that before. And I was like, <laughs> mom. <laughs> um, and then I turned the corner and I saw him and he was sitting up on the exam table. And you can like tell he was struggling to sit up. Like he, it was it was time. I was like, I was not going to argue that it was time. Um, and he got the goofy smile on his face like he was waiting for me to get there. And that, like, that meant a, the mm-hmm. world to me. Because at that point, I, I wasn't living at home anymore. Yeah. And it was just, like, you know, he... it Like, I could see in his eyes that he knew it was time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then he was just happy I could be there with him. And Aww. I got to hold his head in my hands and, like, put my forehead on his forehead and breathe his last breath with him. Cool. And that, like, that's the reason why it's the most impactful. Yeah. Like, yeah. death on me. Because, like, I... I've been privileged enough to not be with anyone when they die or like you know like I mean I if someone were to you know if someone was going to die I would want to be there with them but like I've been privileged yeah. enough where like that hasn't happened to anyone that I've known personally like mm. I haven't had to go through that yet um and I'm not prepared for the day that I will Yeah, but that's okay you can't never yeah. be him. yeah like but you know I'm I'm ready my eyes are open and mm. like you know I'm I'd hope that I'd be able to handle it, partly because, like, how it went with Riley. Sure. And,
1: um... Do you think your your mortuary science (laughs) school and background and knowledge, does that... Do you think that will help to prepare you? I mean, I think, if anything, because...
3: It will just because I know what my options are. Mm -hmm. Like, I won't have that question of, like,
0: is this... Can we do this? Mm -hmm. Like, I know when I can be like, we're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I do feel like pets are the first people quote unquote (laughs) yeah that teach us about death
1: loved ones yeah yeah
0: the first loved ones that teach us about death
3: yeah I mean I got to dig his grave yeah for him because we don't cremate because we're Jewish um but that was like that was the biggest deal I was like I got to be there yeah and I think it kind of taught me like what is helpful for me and what's Mm -hmm. not helpful for me and so now that I work in a funeral home I'm my apprenticeship paperwork is in the mail or Lost somewhere in the Secretary of State Licensing Board. Um, Mm. But I sent it in. I'm waiting on them. (laughs) Um, So, like, now when I'm working and, you know, I'm one of the people that goes on removals and I help take people from their residence into our care and, you know, whatever euphemisms they use. Um, But, like, when I go and I see, like, family members that are like, what can I do to help? I'm like, you do whatever you need. Do you feel like you have to move everything out of the way so that we can get the removal cut in here, do it. Like, if Mm -hmm. you don't want to leave the room, don't. You can stay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you, you can leave at any time, because some of the things it's not always, like, the prettiest to have to Mm -hmm. move a decedent from one bed to another, but, you know, like, if there's anything that you need to do, like, if you need an extra 30 minutes with that person, I know a lot of people that would complain about, like, I'm just trying to get back to work, you know, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, you know, Mm -hmm. like, this is Yeah. Like, the last time that they'll be with that person without, like, heavy surveillance, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, Ugh. I'm all about that. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: So, sometimes I get a little confused by the different (laughs) distinctions between the funeral director, the embalmer. So, is that your main task? That's what I was wondering. Is picking up the decedent and embalming them, or do you do any of the
1: planning or yeah work with the families like so there is
3: um it depends on which funeral home you work at Mm -hmm. but um right now I'm an apprentice which means that I have to do I think 18 months of Mm -hmm. training with which includes you know working with families and doing embalming and like those kinds of things um and I haven't technically started yet even though my training has kind of started um, and there's certain things that the place I work, they don't want me to do before mm-hmm. I have that apprenticeship certification or license or whatever it is. Um, and as someone who isn't a licensed funeral director or embalmer, there's certain things that I just can't do. Mm-hmm. Like, um, of course, now I can't think of anything, <laughs> but like anything relating to like legal advice, I can't. Um, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, yeah. And I think with embalming, I'm not allowed to embalm by myself without a licensed person either in the room or in the facility Mm -hmm. um but where i'm where i am now you know they don't want me to like make a surgical incision pretty much is what it is and they don't want me to like do anything that's actually altering the body which is a lot of what embalming is is like
0: you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um (laughs) a lot of that
3: (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i get to like help massage to facilitate like blood flow or, like, you know, fluid flow throughout the body. And, like, um, I think one of my favorite things that I get to do is, like, wash hair. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I get to, um, you know, like, a lot of these people are super elderly and like they're mm-hmm. super elderly <laughs> um <laughs> and you know they've been in hospice and they haven't really been able to get around very much and so they've got like mats in the back of their head mm-hmm. and one of my favorite things because you know no one has to supervise me to do this mm-hmm. is washing hair but like you know i can wash and condition their hair and comb it out and just make it like nice mm-hmm. and soft yeah. and I'm like i would want someone to wash my hair yeah yeah um but out of my own choice i choose to be down in the prep room more because i'm I have a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. um and as much as I love like being there for people which is one of the things that really drew me to this in the first place is like you know I don't have to say I'm sorry for your Mm -hmm. loss like let me know if there's anything I can do because I am doing something Mm
0: -hmm. yeah um that makes a lot of sense though you're being proactive and doing something for them so you don't have to be the one talking Yeah, yeah so I mean but like I have a lot of Anxiety about it
3: because, you know, being in Georgia and, you know, like Bible Belt kind of territory, a lot of people that I deal with get comfort from like, you know, religious scripture and like quotes Mm -hmm. and things. And I'm like, I don't know what to say to you Mm -hmm. because there was one woman that I worked with at another job that I had at a different funeral home. And she would always say, like, you know, it's in God's hands. or You know, like, just comforting things that I hear. And I was like, I literally could not formulate those words myself. It doesn't come (laughs) naturally to you. Yeah, and I mean, like, even if it was, like, a Jewish ceremony, like, I would still be like,
2: um, can I get
3: you some water? (laughs) So, like, but generally, if I'm interacting with families, I try to say, like, please, if there's anything you need, if you want the music turned down. If you need a refill on your water pitcher, if you want to go hide in the bathroom, just let me know and I will chase everyone out of every single stall, (laughs) you know, but cause I, I'm not good at like saying things like platitudes and like euphemisms. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at it. Cause you know, during removals, I'll hear the, um, licensed people I work with say like, and then we'll, we'll arrive at the facility and take so-and-so into our care. And I'm like, we're going to ride up. And uh put your person in the back of our car. Um yeah. you know, yeah. when we're
1: gonna start. Yeah. yeah,
3: I'm like, I don't I don't and you know, I had I was on a removal the other day and um one of the other guys I was working with, I work with a lot of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He was like, Okay, well it's your turn to talk to the family and I was like, Excuse me? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I, yeah. I get to do what? And so, you know, you have to ask them like what kind of service did you are you thinking of, you know, I, like, do you want to embalm, and, like, all these other, and I'm, like, um... Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, how do you
1: present that information?
3: Yeah, and I hate to be, like, you know, I'm sorry that you just want to, like, go crawl in a hole and never look at the sun again, but, like, mm. I have to ask you business questions, mm. and, I mean, I, it obviously went way better than I feel like it did yeah. in my head, and it was totally fine, and I'm, I'm glad that the guy that I work with, like, gave me the opportunity yeah. to do it, because... Other people tell me that I'm actually pretty good at being comforting, but I'm still just like, um, do you want a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like stumbling over my feet trying to get out of the room. Like, I'm so, am I supposed to be standing here? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I'm so sorry. You know, but like, so that's why I prefer to hide in the prep yeah. room a lot of times is because like down there, there's no one watching you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can like take a minute to actually be with that person. Mm-hmm. And I think that and making memorial DVDs are like two of my favorite things. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, you know, because like through the photos that you're scanning in mm-hmm. and you're uploading into this DVD, you can like actually get a feel for the who the yeah, person was. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I wonder if, um, you know, it's gonna likely happen one day that you'll lose someone close to you. Absolutely. Um, I wonder if your view of being around the families will change then. probably does that make sense yeah I'm curious I'd like like, yeah who knows how long this podcast will go on how many Mm -hmm. years we'll be doing this but it'd be cool to like yeah you know I mean, not cool. That'd be you cool if you loved someone. One. If you'll just come back on, yeah, just call, at, first, yeah. just call us
0: first, though. Call us like first phone call. Yeah, can we arrange hey, doing this so, pod? loved one, that's died. the only
1: arrangement you should be making <laughs> at the funeral. I need a live stream of the pod. We've been wanting someone to invite us to a funeral. I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. It will, hopefully, um, in a very long time.
3: But I think. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I have this major like imposter syndrome because I'm like, I've only lost my dog. Uh, that, yeah, but that's that's like, yeah. That's yeah. No. And like, but I've worked with people who've lost like infants Ugh, and like yeah. kids and teenage. Like I've worked with pretty much like every age range. Like, mm-hmm. and it's um even if you have experience like you don't know yeah what that person's going through because their right. head, like their lived experiences are totally different totally than yours mm-hmm. and so like if i lost my whoever that's super close to me i'm superstitious i won't even give I an know. example I'm, um, I'm here for it. <laughs> it yeah but you know like i might be okay because we were expecting it you know like okay yeah quotation marks like i'm functioning i yeah. guess um you know like maybe we were expecting it maybe it was like how I lost my dog, like it was perfect. He, I came in the room and he smiled at me, and I got to hold him in my mm-hmm. arms and breathe his last breath with him. Or, you know, like they might have lost someone in a terrible, tragic, mm-hmm. sudden accident, and you know it's torn a family apart, yeah. and it's never going to be the same. You know, so like, yeah, even if it happens, like the same kind of person, you're like, you never know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can empathize, but like you, you don't know. Yeah, no two
1: experiences no. are the same.
3: Yeah, no. and I think that's one of the things that. I think is interesting or rewarding or like good mm-hmm. good question mark about working with people who've lost other people is you know you just get to see people how many times can I say people <laughs> <laughs> um, but you just get to see you know families grieve in all these different ways oh, and i've yeah. I've heard like you know folk songs sung at funerals, and like I've you know been to like bilingual funerals and like all this Crazy stuff. Not crazy. just like Different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I've seen people that they're barely holding it together. People that are, you know, jumping into caskets and weeping just, like, this visceral, like, ugly, deep kind of Mm -hmm. wailing. And, like, I have to... I cry at every funeral. Yeah. I've been to a bunch of them. I cry at every single one. Yeah. But... I would, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I know people that are like, yeah, I don't cry anymore. I'm like, why... (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah.
1: can you not shed
0: one tear for this person and just out of respect <laughs> yeah that's right. an interesting way to look at it yeah. you're crying out of respect hmm. yeah because yeah.
1: well, you you think like this is i wonder if, if with some professionals funeral professionals if to them it's as if it would take away from the people's grief like they're supposed to be stoic and they're and like do their job mm-hmm. and be that rock or, you know, something like that. But I, shit, I want everyone crying at my funeral. Yeah, I've, Favorite. um,
3: <laughs> during uh, my time at school, I actually heard of a few stories of people that worked places where you were not allowed to cry.
2: Wow. And someone
3: who worked there, and I'm back there, I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. that was a beautiful story. But, like, it, I find that, you know, if I'm helping people out of the funeral home and I have, like, tears in my eyes and they can tell that I'm, like, you know crying or like trying not to cry or like about to run out because i need to be the one crying in the bathroom with Mm -hmm. everyone gone um they usually like see me more Mm -hmm. i mean it's not about me but like usually like they see me and appreciate the fact that like i'm here
0: with you it's a human yeah 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 so are you a crier in general our oh emotional sorry yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> she said
3: yeah um, <laughs> I can't remember what it was Ash and I were watching a Christmas movie it was a comedy oh, good. <laughs> nothing bad happened and the I guess the protagonist like the love interest guy he said something that was kind of like douchey and I was uh. like why would he say all that <laughs> and like Ash was like what is wrong with you <laughs> and I was like I don't know
1: <laughs> yeah I cry all the time, so, all me, the too. time. So me too
0: so you could not work at one of these funeral homes where that's that's the role
1: not without Xanax probably punch somebody <laughs> not the family like one of my coworkers workers yeah. like stop crying get out of my feelings yeah yes, exactly let yeah i need to be here right now yeah.
0: rude. Right. just let me stay in the morgue or in the basement or whatever yeah, prep room yeah the prep, prep room. room yeah 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 give me some hair to wash yeah. oh yeah I'll wash through these my feelings yeah yeah oh okay <laughs> that's really funny your face was just
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah Oof. oh goodness love to cry <laughs> big fan of crying that's my hobby <laughs>
0: yeah right <laughs> so what's your favorite past i'm crying nothing yeah. like a good shower cry oh yeah. oh
1: yeah when um i was little and now my daughter does this mm-hmm. that like cry where you just stand in the mirror and just watch yourself <laughs> oh my gosh cry. yeah <laughs> I, I don't to, know that one. Oh yeah, I used to do that when I was little. When I would get so upset, I'd just go stand and be like, <laughs> "You should try it." Just cause, it, yeah, because it makes I've you never heard feel. Of I do it. You like feel <laughs> realer feelings. I feel. Like you're watching yourself. It makes lose me, it. I don't know. I
3: kind of dissociate. I'm like, that's not me. Oh, why? Oh, why do oh, I feel that's... this way? And then it gets harder,
1: and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I
3: guess it's supposed to be happening. <laughs> oh my eyeballs are gonna fall out crying oh. so hard
1: yeah it's very therapeutic it <laughs> it is. interesting yeah. yeah try it next time i will yeah, yeah. yeah. try to drum drum up some emotion. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> write into funeral stories and let us know <laughs> what <laughs> you feel like when you try this <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, where do you like to cry? Yeah, where's
0: your favorite space? If you're driving in your you get car right
1: now, pull over and pull down your rearview mirror.
0: <laughs> Let it out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God, I'm such an ugly cl- crier. That's the last I thing too. I want to see. Yeah, like that's if how I know I'm an ugly crier
1: because you look in the mirror.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen myself. I'm like, huh. oh, It's all of a sudden my nose just becomes bulbous. It does. Yeah, it get yeah like, like and gray, all red. the blood in my body <laughs> flows right <laughs> to my Knows. Yeah.
1: So, Is anyone really a pretty crier, though? Like, There
0: are. I don't know. I'm angry at them,
1: though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. You Listen, I start crying, my lashes fall off. Like, yeah. I just, the glue can only hold on for so long. And yeah. then I'm just, the makeup is running down my face. And I'm like, I've wasted all this makeup. That's why
3: I don't wear makeup to funerals That's, at work. Yeah. I don't do it. So mm-hmm. many people
1: do. I'm like, there's no fixing this. I know. I don't <laughs> know every funeral I've gone to. My um, grandfather's. And my grandmother's uh, this past year, I went and it was so hot in the middle of Georgia. Yeah. And except for my, I didn't wear makeup to my Nana's. No. Yeah. I didn't wear makeup to my Nana's funeral. And but I did to my grandfather's funeral. And I remember that's how I knew I was like f- in my feelings because well I was about to see my dad for the first time in a decade. And like I was just in my feelings and everyone was like, whoa because I always wear makeup yeah. and I didn't wear makeup to my nana's funeral and everyone knew like shit is real yeah. shit <laughs> is real bit. right now no. <laughs> but uh, every other funeral I've always worn makeup and I'm always like why the fuck am I wearing makeup yeah. like it's just ruined I don't know how people do it mm. <laughs> I don't like that don't <laughs> now i yeah, having yeah, no. under the eyes no. real quick no. do you
3: do makeup yeah you do yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah, well they let me do it sometimes do you um, enjoy it yes yeah it's so like one of the other people I work with I'm not naming names but um she is amazing at makeup cool but um like I'll look at you know the people that we've embalmed and then I see them I'm like these look like people yeah you know and then she'll get through with them I'm like now that looks like a person (laughs) you know like it's just there's this subtle like loss of color Yeah, yeah. yeah and sometimes it's hard for me to be like (laughs)
1: <laughs> fucking thing sorry guys
3: it's all right. but I'm I'm learning because like growing up I did ballet and you know I've done like theater stuff and so the makeup that I'm used to doing is like you can see it from outer space kind of makeup <laughs> and then you know she goes in and it's just these like light little strokes I'm like how <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah stage makeup and like natural makeup are very different but yeah both
3: very important things. yeah <laughs> But I, it's something that I really enjoy. It's yeah. just, like, simple. I'm, art. I'm really detail-oriented. So, like, I'll go over everyone with, like, a
1: lint roller before I even put them in the casket. <laughs> See, that's the kind of, like, that is a service to a person's life and a family and, an hon- like, a yeah. way of honoring them. Because that's someone's mother, brother, sister, father, whatever. Yeah. And that kind of attention to detail and care is what I would want for my loved ones.
3: And, I mean, it's what I would want, too, so that's why I do it. Yeah. I
1: mean, a lot of people ask me, especially on removals,
3: they're like, how do you do this? I'm like, I would want someone to be there for me when this mm-hmm. happens, so I'm going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even expect you to pay it forward. I just, like, you <laughs> yeah. Know, I I just, I think also, I didn't realize this before I really got into the funeral industry. It was, you know, I didn't realize how just certain little things can impact like the focus of a funeral Mm -hmm. and like how you grieve. I mean, because I've heard of some places that like won't let family in to do makeup or hair or anything and I mean, I think if you can handle it, and even if you can, but if you want to, Mm -hmm. I think that that's
1: something that's like... Was that you? (laughs) I thought that was me. Oh my God, yeah, I was like... (laughs) My stomach just growled. Oh my God. (laughs) Are you okay? Do we need to call someone? Just go ahead and embalm her. I didn't bring my kid. <laughs> oh, have it. I've got knives and like probably no. some straws. Garden stores. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I do actually. I guess I'm hungry. Put her out of her misery.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't feed her. Just kill her. These mics are amazing. (laughs) I
2: know, right?
1: Yeah, it's funny. We are not editing that out. I thought my brain was leaking for a second. I was like, oh my God. I was looking at you like, is that you? Is that me? Is that you? What is happening? Like... (laughs) I don't feel anything,
0: but it certainly sounded like it was me. (laughs) I was trying to show you the noises
1: that a body makes when, um... Yeah. yeah. I've heard that one. Man, and you were on a roll, too. Oh, you were talking about family members. (laughs) My aunt did, um... My cousin, I call her my aunt. My cousin did my aunt's, Mm -hmm. so her mother's makeup. I was listening to that this morning. Oh, nice. Okay, good. (laughs) I did my homework. And you were absolutely right that it it was very important. Yeah. That's like one of the biggest things she remembers. Yeah.
3: And I know that some people can't do it. Mm -hmm. Like when it comes time for my family, I don't know if I would be able to do it. But um, I think for the people that need it, it's so important. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's... One of my major things, like, I know there's a big argument between, like, green burial and, like, traditional and things like that. I'm not really, like, on one side or the other. I think that having green burial and things like that offers just, like, a lot of options. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, green burial is traditional because I'm Jewish. And Mm -hmm. so we do, like, the plain wood box, no embalming, in a sheet in the Mm -hmm. ground in 24 hours. So... For me, that was normal mm-hmm. when I was getting into, like, funeral service and, like, in school and stuff. They were talking about all these different things. And I was like, y'all do what? <laughs> I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> but, um, so, you know, if you want to take the casket home with you and decorate it or if you want to, you know, sign it with Sharpies, like a yearbook, <laughs> you know, like, if, you know, if, if whatever you want, I think that that's super important. And yeah. I think that sometimes, you know, we get so used to, like, how things traditionally have been done. But when you look back in history, you know, bodies were in the home and yeah. loved ones took care of them. But I mean, I know that a lot of people now aren't used to that. And so mm-hmm. they couldn't handle that. So I think it's just, it's important to give people options. Yeah, and right. I know that a lot of options can be oh, really confusing, yeah. mm-hmm. especially if you haven't pre-planned or anything, which I'm a huge advocate for yes, pre-planning. preach. preach. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just... I can't stress how important it is because, Mm -hmm. I mean, my parents have told me, you know, plain pine box, no embalming, 24 hours in the ground, graveside service, done. And I'm like, you want me to execute all that in 24 hours? Yeah. But all right. Um, You know, and like, that's cool. Yeah. That I know that. And it's really great that there are plenty of places where I could do that. And... You know, the things that I need are not going to be the same as the things that other people need. And I just really like options. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's great. I think it goes
1: back to the point that grief is weird and like, yeah, Yeah. not everyone's grief is the same. Most Mm -hmm. often, everyone's grief is very different and looks different and you need to process and cope differently. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's part of the Judaism to be buried within 24 hours. Yes. So what about in... The north, where the winter, frozen ground, where that's more difficult, they just make it happen. Like get out a bulldozer. I think so. Huh. I'm.
3: I mean, I don't go there.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> it's too wondering cold. if you knew no. anybody or if you had any family no. or anything. No? I mean,
3: I have family in Manhattan. Okay, but I mean, I have no idea. So.
0: I'd be curious to know, yeah, yeah. if you know, knows. Like, hello at funeralstories. I mean, it's Just out of curiosity, because yeah. I d- I didn't know that 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 yeah. was part of twenty four hours was part of it.
3: Yeah, and it like it stresses me out because, you know, for a lot of the funerals that I see, there's a ton of people that show up. I mean, obviously yeah. not all of them are like that, but I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm I'm I don't want five people to be there on the big day. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to have that support system. But I mean, I think that's a lot of Jewish family comes into town like afterwards and they'll go view mm-hmm. the grave and
0: things like that. But so when it comes to sitting Shiva, th- is that before or after the burial? Um, I mean, I, w- I would think after.
3: I think that's. it's after, but um, I'm not very good at being <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> okay. um, and also a lot of my Jewish family is, you know, we have like Texas, New York, Atlanta, Even though it's 45 minutes away from me, I don't go there if I don't have to. Um, And not a lot of my family has passed away Mm -hmm. since I've been sentient, I guess. Um, So I never really see it. Mm -hmm. But I did have a conversation with my aunt and uncle who live in Texas. I went for my cousin's bat mitzvah back in March, May, one of those M months. (laughs) Um, And they were my aunt and uncle. I think they're in their 80s. 70s or 80s mm-hmm. um they were doing some pre-planning and all my cousins that are closer to them they're like you know they're talking about it and you could tell my cousins were uncomfortable and i was like oh are you gonna call the evergadesha and they're like oh, someone's gonna talk to me about this and all my other cousins were like i don't know how you can talk about this uh, and they all like you know skittered away and i was like talk yeah. to me about your death plan
1: <laughs> that oh, was awesome you're yeah. that family member yeah <laughs>
3: I, like, every party that I go to, every, like, social interaction, I'm, like, so how do you feel about your death? Yes. When did you first experience your own mortality?
1: Before, like, <laughs> can you get away yeah. from me? So how how do you think your death anxiety is today? That's a good question. Thanks. I, <laughs> um, I,
3: I think more now my death anxiety kind of centers around how I die Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm very much in the boat now with my mom I'm like I'll find out when I get there Mm -hmm. because the thing that comforts me the most is the thought that everyone before me has died Mm -hmm. and everyone after me has died or will die Mm -hmm. they've already died Mm -hmm. um so whatever happens I'm not going to be alone Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and
3: like that's the thing that I was just like I can't rationalize that away like that's just a fact yeah and you know like If it's, God forbid, like something
0: not great, at least I'm the first person to go through it. Like it's not new, you know. That's an interesting, so even if it is a black pit, (laughs) you're not in the black pit by yourself. Yeah, like at least there'll be someone
3: else that I can just shout and maybe they'll hear me in the void. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of it, now, for me, it centers around, like, how I die. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing, because I have anxiety just anyway. Mm-hmm. I think right. I was born anxious. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason why I was crying as a baby, I was just like, put me back in. It's too big out here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, it, like, accidents scare me. And, like, if I'm at work and I see something that happens as the product of an accident, I am, like, shaken mm-hmm. for a week afterwards. I'm like, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. It could have been anybody. I can't handle that. And I think just... For me personally, if I'm going to die, I don't nece- I either want to be at peace with it and ready and not in pain, or if that's not an option, I don't want to see it coming and I want it to be fast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I feel about it.
1: <laughs> would you, if you had the option, hypothetically here, yeah. would you, and you could find out how you were going to die? Maybe not necessarily when, but how? Maybe when would be better. But Absolutely like, fucking not. You don't, you know, no, I
0: know.
3: No. don't okay. want to see it coming. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, cause then I think then you start timing yourself mm-hmm. and there's like expectations and pressure. And I mean, I know that people get the question of like, what if today was your, you know, you had like 24 hours. I would just take a nap and forget and then wake up and be like, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> and then have like God. 30 seconds and be like, yeah. bye. Yep. But I mean, I that's the thing that i i like about being alive is mm-hmm. that you don't know when mm-hmm. yeah i mean like unless you get a diagnosis diagnosis yeah. and then you know when thereabouts. but mm-hmm. like i don't know so i mean if it's tomorrow i really hope it's not knock on wood yeah. again yeah. superstitious um i mean like i just i don't want to know yeah i just i want to be able to live out my life with like the ignorance is bliss of like i don't know i don't want to know yeah Yeah.
0: so what are your thoughts about the like death with dignity stuff that they're doing in washington and oregon and
3: the um like the
0: death pill assisted
1: suicide not but
0: i am for it yeah i i mean your personal choice is not to know but you if you're at a terminal
3: if i am suffering so greatly that it's not there's no quality of life yeah there's no quality of life like if I'm at the point where you know I'm I just I can't anymore like it's just not worth it Mm -hmm. then like let me go yeah I mean because we I mean I just I I don't know if I hate to say this but like we do it for animals I was about Mm -hmm. to say that's
0: another thing that our pets teach us yeah Mm -hmm. and
3: like (laughs) both of my dogs were ready yeah you know it was at the point where like they couldn't walk on their own, they couldn't go to the bathroom on their own they were in pain, like the amount of medication they were on was like they couldn't do anything and so, you know, if I'm like that Mm -hmm. you know, if it's gonna be soon, just like pump me full of drugs and let me just be high and go out that way, but like, you know, if if it is, if I am just like so mangled and like physically, like mentally, like if I'm just not with it
1: just let me go. Yeah, I mean, don't don't keep At me around. Have some humanity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Everything that makes sense. Whenever people are like, "Why does why is it this way? Why don't we do it this way?" I'm like, "Well." If it makes sense, it'll never happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way the world yeah. works. Logic. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, like, my parents have even had that conversation
3: with me. They're like, if I'm on life support mm-hmm. and there is not, like, a better than 70% chance I'm going to make it, just yeah. pull the plug. Yeah. And I'm like, personally, wait, hold on a second. I don't know if I'd be able
0: to do that, but, like, let, yeah, sure. But, you know, like, yeah. we've, we've had that talk.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's why healthcare directives so are so important. So yeah. are your
0: parents more receptive now to your... Um, my mom, Career choice. <laughs> my mom wants to know absolutely
1: everything
3: about embalming. <laughs> She's like, "What do you do with the the blood and like all that?" I'm like, "Mom, <laughs> I drink it."
2: <laughs> and it's
3: it's become like dinner conversation. Yeah, which like at first my dad was like, "I don't," mm, mm-hmm. and he would just get really quiet and then leave to smoke a cigarette. Yeah.
1: And but now he's like, "Wait, what do you mean?" <laughs> so yeah, like, you think like such a science brain, like such yeah, a brain yeah, that he would want to know.
3: Yeah, yeah I think. I just, I like that how open and honest it is now. Yeah. Because before, you know, I wouldn't want to have these conversations with my parents about, like, their end-of-life plan, but, like, it was necessary, so I just kind of, like, did it because mm-hmm. I had to. Um. But an interesting thing that happened when I was still in school, we were talking about, like, cemeteries and burial and stuff, mm-hmm. and I had a thought, and I was like, I don't know where my parents want to be buried because my grandparents are buried in Texas, mm-hmm. and I don't really know if we have a family plot anywhere else, you know, else than that. So I just I called my parents up and I was like, "Hey, Dad, where do you want to be buried?" And he was like, "Uh, that's a question for your mother." And I gave the phone to my mom, and my mom was like, "I want to be buried wherever you are." Oh, and I was like, "That's sweet, but also vaguely threatening." Yeah, right. (laughs) Because I mean, you know, it. And I was like, "But I don't. What? What
0: if I move?" yeah then Mm -hmm. you
3: know like i I hate to say this mom i love you and everything but i'm not going to take a a trip
0: Mm -hmm. back yeah you know like
3: i don't i don't know like that's why i question so much like my own death plan Mm -hmm. is like i want to be buried but like i don't understand the point of being buried Mm -hmm. but you know because i'm jewish like i don't know how i feel about cremation and then there's like aquamation or like alkaline hydrolysis but that's not legal here yet Mm -hmm. Um, And then, also, I keep seeing so much stuff about, like, people who've been cremated, like, their urns turning up at Goodwill and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, just donated, like, estate sales because, like, people don't have a plan for, like, where it's going to go Mm -hmm. after great-uncle Billy Bob, you know, finally dies, too. And, you know, they forget to find where the (laughs) urn is and they can't bury with the casket, you know, or, like, so, I mean, that kind of stuff, I don't know. Like, I want to be buried, but, like yeah and I mean I can't think of a place where I would want to bury my parents even yeah. if I did stay where I am forever I'm like I'm gonna have to open my own cemetery mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. has been something hey, I've been thinking about for a long time do it
0: I mean <laughs> just if nothing else for the tax incentive yeah <laughs> you know? I mean
3: I've been thinking of you know
0: I tell people this all the time buy a land buy some land bury a body on it and then you have you can claim it all as cemetery property you yeah
1: b- bury it. Uh, like don't like do it legally like don't kill someone i mean not kill somebody but just be like hey we have hey. a lot of listeners that are true crime fans yeah, i just want to keep i'm saying legally <laughs> bury someone a loved one a loved one no, or, <laughs> or it did not have to be a
0: loved one you know they just have the your neighbor yeah just <laughs> it's someone. probably someone
1: preferably someone you know right i wouldn't care
0: but i mean it just depends i mean how are you just gonna walk well, up know, to like a, a dead I, what is it with the the a, when somebody has like no family or whatever they don't have mm. and oh, there's just, a word i, I can't forget. remember what the word is but uh, it's basically like the government is left to deal with your body or yeah. the state yeah and so word. sure they they can come in, into my family well, block, that was i was thinking know? about mm-hmm. you, you know, don't have anywhere to go
3: like that's
1: nice
0: what was i thinking
3: like cemeteries for words of the state and like yeah you know it's kind of stuff like that i was also i think someone told me that like pet cemeteries are coming back i oh, yeah I'm like just because i love that movie i would absolutely
1: do this yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's one on um 441 yeah like right like not far from here at all mm. yeah it's like a, yeah it's like a memorial gardens for nice. yeah pets yeah and it's nice yeah yeah like and it's a lot of land mm-hmm. i can't remember what it's called but i can't remember either So
0: since you've been in your career field, have you had an experience that's just impacted you more than any of the others? Like, is there one that just really stands out to you?
3: Yes, but I don't know if I can talk about it. Okay, okay,
0: that's fair. I mean,
3: I can say this, it was one of those things that just kind of, like, shook me. Yeah. And I still think about it sometimes. And I read an article about, you know, funeral directors and embalmers, like, getting ptsd like mm-hmm. by the end of their careers and yeah. stuff and it was just kind of one of those things i was like yeah i can understand how that would happen like
1: this it was just was it like an accident like a tragic like
3: yeah I'm wow i'm gesturing but I'm yeah, not yeah. Saying. yeah. <laughs> but
1: it was it was just so like you why don't we do this off the record because i want to know now we'll edit this out or we can talk about it yeah oh, talk about about it. I mean, we're not being able to go. yeah okay. <laughs> okay yeah um yeah. It, it was
3: just so I can't, like, I don't even have words for it. It was just horrible. And it, like, I didn't know what to do because I was helping with the preparation. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't feel, like, any amount of, like, tenderness or care or, like, anything that I was doing. I didn't feel like anything I was doing could be enough Mm -hmm. to make up for what had happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had dreams about it. And, like, it, like, I think for, like, a week and a half, I was just wrecked. And I came home and I was telling Ash about it, and Ash was like, why would you put that in my brain? Oh, no. (laughs) Can I bleach my ears? And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) But it, like, there have been some really horrible things, and it, like, it's not even the worst that's out there. Right. And the person who's over me for embalming that's teaching me, she was like, I'm, you know, like, I see a lot of terrible things, and... Like she's not like used to it, but like in her mind, she's like she's taking care of them now. Mm-hmm. But I was like, and for me personally, I was like, you can't take care of this person. Like, there's nothing that you can like. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, for that one instance, I was like, it's it's too late. But, like, there's nothing that I can do that will help.
1: Yeah, kind of. But yeah, that um, was. I bad. wonder if that'll um change the more the less green you are
3: yeah you know, like, I think it is a little bit um because I recently I was able to interact with some families like one-on-one or like in person mm-hmm. face-to-face whatever that's called yeah. IRL <laughs> um <laughs> and just kind of like seeing how grateful they were mm-hmm. that there was someone there that was taking care of them and like listening to them yeah I was like okay yeah. so I felt a little bit better after that yeah. but it was yeah it's you know kind of like seeing horrible things for the first time the first time it's like a shock and then after yeah. that you're like okay I've seen this before I've been okay yeah moving on we're all right
0: yeah Yeah. well I guess we're about ready for our wrap-up questions yeah unless there's anything else you want to contribute or Casey did you have any more questions
1: no I'm ready to know about the person
0: (laughs) like can we get through this so I can I can answer quick (laughs) (laughs) but is there anything in particular you wanted to else you wanted to say or any other stories you wanted to share
3: no no i mean i have a couple people i'd like to shout out at the end oh yeah 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 yeah.
0: we'll do that for sure so um this is our death jam segment (laughs) what song do you want played at your funeral
3: okay so i have a couple of options okay First is Disturbed's cover of Sound of Silence. Oh, okay. But on repeat (laughs) the whole time because I want people to really feel their feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was
1: just talking last night about how (laughs) I was like, man, I should totally have like Simon and Garfunkel's Sound of Silence played at my funeral just to like really let it sink in. And what version of it did
0: you say? Disturbed. Disturbed. I don't think I've ever heard that one. It's I'm pretty much like a
3: Simon and Garfunkel purist because Mm -hmm. like that was my dad. We had the tape, Mm -hmm. like the greatest hits tape in his like 80 something ford ranger Mm -hmm. that i was excited i knew how to use the tape deck (laughs) and whenever we would go anywhere that's what we would listen to like that was our road trip music um so and like tribute for my dad whenever Mm -hmm. i go yeah um but just on repeat Mm -hmm. until you like have to leave the entire (laughs) building because it's maddening well his voice is like haunting
0: super haunting in that yeah cover
1: um has anyone
0: said that song yet? Because I'm kind of surprised
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that hasn't no, been suggested. No, <laughs> Paul Simon, but yeah, yeah no, no. Okay.
0: No. All right, and what are your other ones? The other one
3: is, um, I just recently found out that I'm very much close to being pure Scottish, thanks to, oh, cool. like, 23andMe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can see it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I got the results, I was like, huh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I didn't see what that. What was your percentage?
3: I think it was like eighty something. Wow. I was.
1: I, I'm eighty six percent um uh, Welsh and Scottish. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm adopted
3: too, so it was like oh. a big. I was like, you know, oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. So in honor of that, I just want a live bagpiper mm, that's to cool. play and not stop. So I had a whenever, bagpiper at my wedding. Yes. It was awesome. But um, whenever anyone wants to say anything, they just have to yell over the bagpiper. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be
1: inside. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most offensive funeral ever. I love it. I love it. it. Yeah. It's like,
3: yeah. in your face, I'm dead. <laughs> like, um, Amazing Grace and like, you know, or if we can get a
0: bagpiper to, to play... Sound of silence. Oh, heavy.
2: Cool. <laughs>
3: and, and there's
0: just scream over it. Turns out it's very particular what songs a bagpiper can play because yeah. don't the, they all know da, that da, Johnny Boy? The, you know, yeah, da, da, da. I just remember hearing music as I sat there all day. Just, I mean, he wasn't playing all day, but an hour before I walked down the aisle, and then during the ceremony, mm. but. I had requested several songs and he couldn't do any of them because they're yeah. just certain ones that
3: you yeah. can play on a
1: bagpipe. I wonder so. if any bagpipers smoke. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to learn. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. I really want to learn how to play
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah.
0: So, what is your death plan? Well, I don't know. I, I've thought about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I've legitimately... <laughs>
3: <laughs> like I have sat down in front of my computer and tried to write like an advanced directive and like a yeah. living will and like all this other kind of stuff and I'm like I have no idea because part of me, you know, if I'm not on any like heavy medications or like chemotherapy mm-hmm. medications, things like that, I would love to have my body donated for like um what is it?
1: Like the body farm? Yeah, do a body yeah, farm, body but like farm. specifically
3: for vulture research. Um, because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with vultures. That's cool. Hmm. I don't know why. Well, maybe we can figure out why, but yeah. Um, roadkill, yeah. <laughs> um, but then I was like, no, that's not very Jewish of me. I don't. Mm, should I be buried within twenty four hours? I was like, I don't know. But I think for me, it kind of depends on who's left around yeah. me. Because I mean, right now, I don't really know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't. I would want to be buried somewhere, I guess. But like in like the green burial, that's just like for me, it's traditional burial. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm still I'm still sitting on it. Well, you know,
0: once you choose, you can't change your mind. <laughs> Absolutely not.
2: It's
3: literally carved into stone
0: right there in the pre-arrangement office yep. with a chisel. <laughs> <right. Yeah>. so. <laughs> so, a friend is grieving. What food do you bring to them to make them feel better? Um. Well, I make egg drop
3: soup. Mm. That has been told to me that um it has healing powers
0: oh nice so um
3: that probably also
0: because mm. i can make a huge amount of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, like that. I mean how comforting is that yeah. Just a yeah. big thing of soup
2: yeah
0: what's something you'd like to do before you die so like what is your bucket list or your you know make a wish day
3: well i mean there's a lot of things like you know get married get married i don't know yeah um have a
0: dog again
3: because mm-hmm. right now i can't afford a dog
0: uh, yeah I'm, i meant to ask you that earlier have you had a dog since riley um it took me like two years to be able to look at a dog again mm-hmm. but now i'm
3: ready but now i just can't afford it mm-hmm. okay
0: so i wasn't because there are some people you know they're like i won't ever be able to have one again oh no or no you I, want you want to have another one i need it yeah you need yeah. it
3: um but i think like right now on the forefront of my mind for like my bucket list is to get published yeah because i've i have one Novel in the works right now. Wow. First right, draft, I saw that. Yeah, fully finished. Um, I just have to, like, get the strength to go back and edit it. Mm-hmm. And then right now I'm working on, like, a creepy, grim-esque sort of fairy tale not for children. Mm-hmm. Cool. But, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Very cool. It's. I mean, I I take a lot of the, like, feelings that I have or, like, the, a lot of the things that I've seen that have given me feelings, <laughs> um, yeah. and I, I use
0: them to
1: that's cool Dealing yeah. with it art. writing
0: <laughs> yeah art. writing was art. very much always been my outlet mm-hmm. yeah like, i used to do a lot of different kinds of art when i was like drawing and painting but for some reason everything else dropped away and writing was the one that really stuck yeah it was my catharsis um so is there anything you want to shout out or any instagram handles or what have you um well first
3: and foremost you can follow me if you want to find out when i'm actually going to get Published, which maybe yes. like 20 years. <laughs> um, I have a Twitter, which is new. Okay. I have like three posts on my Twitter. Ooh.
1: Um, That's probably about how many I have in mine's from 2014 <laughs> or 2012. So. Um, Isn't bad if I don't
3: remember what my Twitter handle is? No. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll like post it. Baby guy or something. Guyer is vulture in German. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and then my Instagram is Solyra okay i don't remember how to spell that okay i'm so sorry we'll post it yeah we'll post it (laughs) not great at this but the other people i wanted to shout out i know there's. um so there's um someone that i found on instagram just like randomly one day Mm -hmm. going through like all the death positive stuff Mm -hmm. um her name is melissa and her instagram is mod underscore mortician and it was she was really one of the first people that like she would um post on her stories about like going on removals like at four in the morning, and like she really shows authentically like what it's like to just be bone tired but doing what you love, yeah, That's
2: awesome,
3: yeah, and so we actually talk a little bit cool and um. It was so, like, I I think when I first started following her, she had, like, a few thousand followers, and I was like, oh, my gosh, someone with, like, more than 100 followers yeah. was talking to me, but she, was like, she was always super supportive when I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna go really into mortuary cool. school, and she was like, yes, do, do it. it, and yeah. I was like, excellent, and then, um, Caitlin Doty, who, okay. um, she has her YouTube channel is Ask a Mortician, okay. yeah. and she talks a lot about, uh, green burial and things, and, I mean, like I said, I just think the more options that are available to people, the yeah. better, But it was, um, she, I loved the way that she, or I still love the way that she, like she'll just talk about death topics, yeah, Yeah. and like, it,
1: yeah, you you know it, oh yeah,
3: yeah, and it was her article about because I was googling like in the car on the road trip when I was like, I can't stand art history anymore, you know, I was looking at articles about like should I be a funeral director, Mm -hmm. and she was like there was an article that was like absolutely not you know that she wrote and you know she was talking about like all the difficult things that you have to go through and she said if you got to the end of this article and you were not dissuaded then you can probably do it Mm -hmm. and I was like fuck you I'm (laughs) gonna do it
2: (laughs) and so but like
3: I just really appreciated the way that she is so like honest about talking about it like about you know different topics like even stuff like you know Mm -hmm. do your nails grow after you die and like what happens to the bodies on Mount Everest and like Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that just like random questions that people mm-hmm. have and like she does um iconic corpse and things like that. Yeah. And it's she's I find her to usually be like usually most of the time, if not always, very like respectful. And so just hearing someone talk about it openly. Yeah. Just death in general. Yeah. It was super cool. That's awesome. That's very yeah. cool. Anyone else? Um did I say me? <laughs> yeah. You did, we just don't know how to spell it. So <laughs> I th- I just I don't know. I don't... I think I have, like, 200 followers. I
1: don't know. Girl, that's 200 people.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mostly... If you want to follow my social media stuff, but leave me alone on Facebook. Don't don't bother me on Facebook. No, I just... I post a lot of, like, oh, I'm so tired. Look at these trees. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then for my Twitter is mostly, like, I'm going to write. I still haven't written, but I'm going to write. <laughs> you know? But, I like yeah. it. I well, like it. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I'm going to try and get... Something finished by the end of this yeah. year. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you'll probably have a lot of material. Yes. Considering you're just getting started in the <laughs> industry. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. For yes. Coming thanks on. so it's much. Been a, yeah. It's been really interesting. Some really great insight. Yeah. And I look forward to having you back. Hopefully, a long just time from so now. Yeah, <laughs> a long
0: time from now. A long, long time from now, for your sake and yes. for ours, because it will mean we've been successful in doing mm-hmm. this and successful in you not having anyone die. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But
1: I'd also like you to come back to talk about what else you've learned after yeah. you yeah. finish your apprenticeship. Yeah. Finish it, finish we'll have like a check-in. Yeah.
3: It'd be really cool. If you All can right. catch me on my few days off. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so I'm much. I'm glad that yeah. we
0: looked into that. Yeah. yeah. So When you get your new dog. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my dog, Riley 2.0. Yeah. He's not as good as the original screen.
0: Good in a different way. Yeah. So I guess we'll say, um, follow all of your
1: mortuary passions because it all ends in funeral.
0: Bye guys. <laughs>
2: Bye.
1: Funeral Stories is produced by Seth and Molino and music is by John Pope. Check out our website and blog by going to www.funeralstories.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Funeral Stories and on Instagram at funeral stories. Donate to our cause on Patreon to unlock subscriber rewards. And please don't forget to send your funeral stories to funeralstoriespodcast at gmail.com or hello at funeralstories.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes and listen on your preferred podcasting
0: service. Thanks, guys. Bye.